0: Welcome back, Roots family, to another episode of the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Sean Pitcher. Today we have on Heather Marco. She is the Director of Sports Nutrition at Virginia Commonwealth University, and she is also the owner of Game Day Nutrition. Heather, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, super excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: As we start with every podcast, could you please tell the audience what is your roots?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um Again, I'm Heather. I am from a small town in upstate New York, Saratoga Springs, and so I guess that's really where it all started. Um, I've been, I guess I could start a little bit about what got me interested in sports nutrition in the first place, right? Um, I started out as a soccer player, so I've been playing since I was five years old, and really I knew I always wanted to, again, be in some sort of field where I could help people. Uh, I was also not super stoked about having to touch anyone. So I was like, okay, so nursing's out, physical therapy's out, right? What do I have left? And so I was like, you know what? I've always been interested in like food and nutrition. Let's see where this takes me. Right. So really having that in at a young age as um, an athlete um, kind of brought it full circle to where I am now um, being a sports dietitian. And so I think, That's really where things started. And then being from upstate New York, obviously, bopped around the SUNY system, went to SUNY Plattsburgh for undergrad, and then hopped on over to SUNY Buffalo for grad school. So uh, big upstate New York girl, but I'm also happy to now currently be living in Virginia. The winters are much kinder to me here.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's why I kept moving more and more down south. I'm like, y'all can have the clouds, the snow, the negative degree weather. I go, I'd rather sweat at 90 degrees for the whole entire year than than deal with that for half of the year.
1: Oh yeah, happy as a clam. And then you have kids here who are like, "Oh my goodness, you must love being able to see the snow in New York." I was like, "Nope, I can do without it. I am so happy here."
0: You're like, "I got plenty of years of that. I'm good."
1: Exactly. Um, I have enough for a lifetime.
0: <laughs> and that's and that's where we kind of connected because I'm also from upstate New York. You know, I also was in the SUNY system. I think it's a, it's a great system, especially to help with. Um, athletes and students that want to go to school and go to college and, and pay a lot less or get more opportunities for, you know, some grants and some funding that you can get. Um, I can still remember kind of the same thing you said at the very beginning. I was sitting down with my counselor in high school and he's like, here's the co- catalog of SUNY systems. Here's the ones that have interests that you have. And you could also go play football at these schools and they have both <laughs> things, you know, so yeah. at the end of the day, it ended up, you know, luckily panning out. I, I went through the five years of being a Buffalonian and, and struggling yeah. through the winter. Um, but I'll see clearly it panned out in the, in the right direction.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Don't regret it for a second. And I actually have, I don't know if obviously people can see, but I got my Buffalo Bill's earrings today. So oh go my Bills, gosh, babies.
0: look at you. <laughs> <laughs> my fiance would be so pumped because it, and you probably can't see it from here. Maybe I can, mm-hmm. there's a sign back there in the door. And her whole family's Buffalo fans. I'm a Patriots fan. We're in the same division. Oh. Obviously, that gets pretty vicious around game time, which football is coming around the corner. Um, but it, it's a good rivalry, and it's it's always a fun battle every year.
1: Absolutely. And, again, all I could say is go Bills.
0: Go. Okay, for now. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> what the now. first game goes around the corner. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's discuss how you broke into the field. I know we talked about you were in sports nutrition, and then you had to take another route. I think it was clinical if we talked about before. And then you got now you're not back in sports nutrition. Now, most dietitians that I know that I talk to no one typically has a, a regular path like there's no undergrad masters, I do one internship, and then I'm going to get like a director job and it, it never typically pans out like that. But could you kind of just go over how your journey became?
1: Yeah, and so it's, it was a little bit of a rocky start. So I ended up at SUNY Plattsburgh. Um, Again, it was one of the schools that I could get my nutrition degree at while also playing soccer. So it was the right opportunity for me. Um, The only thing that I was really kind of bummed about when I finally got there is I had um, one of my, I guess, like class counselors, or again, those Um, people in your field who are like, okay, so what do you see yourself doing? What's your career path? Where do you want to go from here? And I told them, I was like, I'm really actually passionate about sports nutrition. I just remember um, very vividly looking at the CPSDA website and seeing like, oh my gosh, like, look at all these jobs and opportunities, all these things that we can do. And then having, uh, again, this one of our counselors coming in and saying, well, actually, you know, that's not a real job, right? Like, That Those are something that you maybe you could do like part time, but you should focus more on like clinical or find something else that, again, would be better suited for a full time opportunity. Right. And so here I am crushed because I thought I had everything figured out right at the ripe age of like 18. And so I'm like, oh, gosh, what do I do about this now? So I'm really glad I didn't give up hope, right? I went through my four years. I ended up looking at what the next step was in terms of internships, master programs, things like that. Ended up finding UB where they actually offered a focus in sports nutrition, right? And so still trying to keep in mind, staying in the, um, the SUNY system, right? Keeping all of that in mind as well. Uh, that just seemed like the perfect opportunity for me. And so the real kicker here with this is, is that once I finally got there, they actually went away with the sports nutrition focus, which was just <laughs> Did, the cherry on top. Was it
0: exercise science they switched over to or something like that? or that? Was yes. The
1: they, it was, uh, I believe his name was like Dr. Horvath or something at yes. the time. He had actually retired. Yes. He when had been there right for a like hot minute. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was like, it's definitely his time to retire, but that is so unfortunate for me because now here I am thinking, I'm like, okay, here's my end. Like I got this now. Um, and so- once I finally got there, I was like, okay, so now what can I do? Cause I'm still really passionate about this, right? So what can I do to make this work for me? Uh, we actually uh, did have an opportunity to start really building the foundation for like the sport, the first like more sports nutrition focused program that they had there actually interacting with the athletes. Um, We had started up a sports nutrition journal club where we would meet early mornings. I think it was on Wednesdays and just talk about the different literature that was coming out in sports nutrition. So not only honing our old knowledge, but then starting to use uh, those different articles that we were reading to then give presentations to the athletes, right? Something that they weren't currently getting. And so, and then again, me trying to forge my own path, started reaching out to different strength coaches, athletic trainers, like, Hey, I'm a ub dietetic intern i'm really passionate about sports nutrition can i come talk to your athletes right so actually a couple people bid on that and they sat down with me and i was like yeah i can like speak to you all one-on-one or groups things like that um one of the directors of my department heard about this at the time called me to the office and was like hey you can't do that i was like what <laughs> so you're telling me not only did i come here and they took away the sports nutrition focus but now i'm trying to get experience and uh, support our athletes and really trying to make my own way here. And I'm not allowed to do that either, but again, within that very confined box of, okay, we could still do the sports nutrition, um, journal club. And then we can also still meet with athletes, um, and do presentations, but again, more on their terms, that was okay. So it just seemed like one thing after another, it's like, oh my gosh, like there's just so many barriers and I haven't even started working yet. Right.
0: Did you, did you ever get to work with Dr. Donation?
1: No, the name sounds so familiar, yeah, but I don't had, believe I ever had
0: to. She was originally from Buffalo State, which is where I went to undergrad, and she did quite a bit of stuff, well, like most dietitians, does a thousand different things, but I know she was heavily involved over in the University of Buffalo, but, you know, kind of one of the things you initially said, was, she was a person that got me to know even like sports nutrition was a thing, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, back then there was very minimal opportunities, but she knew several people that had a private practice or did sports nutrition in the area, which made you know like, all right, this is possible. And then those people were able to connect me like you did to the CPS, mm-hmm. CPSCA, what was available there. So it just, you know, the key note I think I take from that is don't be afraid to go reach out, talk to people, yeah. connect, uh, build relationships, because that's really what's going to possibly get you your next job, your next opportunity, you know, you getting in front of a team, which leads to like getting in front of multiple different teams mm-hmm. You know, when you your professor or your counselor said like that's not a real job, well, I, I feel like that comes out of like a movie film. You know, everyone right. here is like that's impossible. You'll never do it. And if we listen to those type of individuals, then yeah, your mindset's going to be that's not going to happen. I can't do it. It's never going to. It's never going to work out. But you got to be positive. You got to be saying like it can happen. And especially now, with how crazy the field has grown, like you know, especially those key times a year after the end of the fall. You know, at the end of the spring, when all the jobs just kind of, like, blossom and bloom up, it's it's mm-hmm. nuts to see how many things are open in comparison when we first came into the, into the mix.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because it's so far progressed from where we were, and for, somehow still, it seems like there's still never enough, right? Like, I feel like there's always still... Um, individuals wanting to break into this field and looking for that opportunity right and of course as we know there are still only so many positions out there even though there are way more than before right and so I think what you said is so key too in terms of like just reaching out building those connections right Um, is even like a funny story with that right actually one of those strength coaches that I reached out to UB who I was not able to actually work with at that time ended up reaching out to me down the road. I think maybe like a year ago. Now he ended up, we ended up being in the same area and he was now doing something different recruiting for, um, recruiting sports dietitians for, um, his company. And I was like, wait a minute, do we know each other? (laughs) And it was just, it's such a small, small world. And so I a hundred percent agree. Like the more you can just reach out and build those connections, the better that's going to serve you, particularly in such a newer, more like upcoming, um, type of field such as sports nutrition
0: and whoever's listening to this there's going to be times where you have to take advantage and just do free opportunities Mm -hmm. go speak to a class a group an organization because literally what you said like that one strength coach saw that you had the ability to educate the athletes knew what you were talking about provided high quality information that maybe what he saw some athletes did take something from that and did get a benefit which now he's tying you in with that moment or that specific 15, 30 minute opportunity that you took advantage of. And now he said, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind because she's an individual that I know if I get the chance, I would want to bring her on. Right. And in that case, you're yeah. giving you a call back. So anytime someone reaches out to you and says, hey, can you come talk to this group? I can't pay you. You never know where that's going to lead going forward obviously eventually you all want to get paid at the end of the day. And like, if you have enough experience and you kind of set your own standards, your own limits, you know, cause I, yeah, like you obviously have your own business too. Like you've got to kind of set those standards, but in the beginning, or even if you are starting your own business, you may have to have some, some of those things kind of transpire before maybe you get those bigger opportunities or deals or organizations that want to work with you on a grander scale for a longer period of time.
1: Yeah. And I think this whole idea of just like, forming your own community and making those connections. Um, I can't harp on that enough. And um, to kind of just like go back to my story of how I really broke into it, right? Like after grad school was said and done, right? It's like, you're on that next step of like, where's the next job? Where's the next opportunity? What am I doing? Right? I can't tell you how many interviews I did um, or again, interviews I didn't get, right? But the ones I did get um, and then when I didn't get the job for um, that particular position, I always ask like, what can I do better, right? Like, what can I do for those next opportunities that I'm gonna pursue? And really what kid kept coming back to is like, we were just looking for someone with more experience. And I'm like, well, that's great because I'm trying over here and I thought I did all the right things, right? Like, I thought I did the right thing by going to a grad school that had that focus. And I did all those opportunities, right? But then to hear that it's not enough, right? Which is still pretty common, right? With how selective some of these positions are. Um, it was very disheartening, right? But I think you have the opportunity to, again, kind of like, again, lay down and just be like, well, this sucks, or right, kind of hopefully that lights a fire and you do something about it. And so this just goes back to this whole idea of forming connections. So I was pretty defeated at that point, right? Looking for the next opportunity. I ended up starting doing an internship um, down in Northern Virginia, working with athletes just to kind of get my feet wet. And in that time, um, what my boss at the time had told me to do, he's like, Part of your job is going to be to reach out to every person in your field that you can get a hold of and talk to them, right? I don't care what you talk to them about. You're going to call them. You're going to get on the phone, and you're going to see what you can do, how they can help you. Um, really, just figure out again how you can build those connections, right? And really see again if even if they can't help you or you can't help them in the moment, right? At least you open that dialogue, right? And kind of like what you were saying before, they people remember that. And so that's what I ended up doing. I went on the CPSDA website. I looked okay. and I they have that great little list if people don't know, they have that great list of every full-time dietitian working in sports and what university or affiliation they work with. And so I went on to each of those individual websites, just started emailing people and saying, hey, I'm a new student. I'd love to hop on the call and just see, talk about your journey um, and see again, what I can do to make it, right? Um, And actually, from one of those calls, I had ended up speaking with the director of sports nutrition at the time at the University of Miami, and she had a position opening up. So uh, with all that being said, I got off the phone with her, applied to that position, ended up getting offered the job. And I still, to this day, don't believe I would have been offered that job if I had not reached out ahead of time and made the effort to make that call and start to build that relationship.
0: Yeah, key thing there, don't let no discourage you because you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of people telling you you don't have enough experience. You're going to have a lot of people that may even doubt that maybe you can't do the position. But at the end of the day, you have to be confident in yourself and confident what you can bring to the table and the value that you can bring to the organization. Because only you at the end of the day are going to know and they're not going to know unless you put yourself in front of them and get the opportunity to showcase that at the end of the day. Um it, it's funny how some of our stuff has overlapped here. I mean, I did that I did the same thing. I was at Pittsburgh State and I was just I got really lucky the 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 staff that were there was like, "Hey, I want to try to improve our program. So, is there any way, you know, if these strength coaches, dietitians let me come out and talk shop with them? I can hopefully bring some information back to kind of like improve mm-hmm. our program." So they're like, "Yeah, they gave me a car and a real stuff in there. <laughs> I had a summer where I went out to like 6 7 schools. In like kansas and missouri and, and oklahoma and, and visited all these different staff and got to ask a lot of good questions and see how facilities and things were run and it's funny there too loren i'm probably gonna butcher her last name i do you, shrock do you know who she is she's at kansas state
1: no i don't believe so
0: so funny side story there i met her at tulsa and then we both met each other old Miss, like a year a couple years after that point so again you never know who you're going to run into it's it's just a crazy field it's a small field but mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like a big field at the same time
1: I know it's it's crazy I feel like each year now I go to CPSDA it's like there's more and more faces that I know but then I feel like there's also more and more faces that I don't know which again these are these are all good things right that just means the field is growing so it it's a very exciting time to be in sports nutrition for sure
0: yeah, and the other thing you you, know, you mentioned experience a couple of different times. It's just so funny how you first get in the field and you you don't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in the field and you try to apply for jobs, you have too much experience, or it's not the experience that we're looking for. It's like you almost can't win. <laughs> I either nah. have too much or I have too little, and I gotta find a place that like will take the right amount or like what I specialize in, or it's like nope, we don't want it.
1: <laughs> now, and it's crazy too, right? Because Oh, I think back, jumping back onto my journey here, right? It feels like forever. It really hasn't been that long, but um, I, I got that job in Miami, which is great. But of course, um, timing is everything. So it's like, I'm finishing up my fellowship at Miami and then what do we have? COVID, right? So <laughs> I'm like, can I not win here? <laughs> and so now I'm trying to see what jobs are out there, right? Because of course, for those of you who are looking to get into a fellowship, right? The goal is to hopefully do that for a year or two, hone your skills, go on to the next right and so from there I'm thinking like okay what is my next thing in the midst of COVID right and the pickings at that point are slim and having just come out of fellowship right the only jobs they're really hiring at that point are people who've had the experience right and at that point we're not talking about that experience we're talking about more experience right and so it's just again it kind of comes back to that where sometimes you can feel a little bit beaten down where it's like you think you're doing all the right this, right and you're told like okay it's all gonna pay off and it all work out right so um i don't know i feel like at that point i was just faced with the decision of well do i do a fellowship for another year which wasn't necessarily in the cards for me right because i think other people can relate to this at some point you gotta just get on money. with your life <laughs> yeah exactly right? you
0: gotta start paying back school loans and it's like yeah.
1: oh gosh yep so life hits real hard after that so it's like okay where do i go from here so not landing any sports dietitian jobs at the time, right? Because there just aren't many. And um, again, the ones that are there are highly competitive. So what do I do? I get out of sports nutrition for almost, well, actually a little over two and a half years, right? So I ended up working in a pediatric outpatient clinic. And during that time, I actually worked with primarily adolescents with eating disorders. So not exactly what I thought I was getting into. uh, Although I think Um, Looking back on it, I am very grateful for my time there, even though it's not per se my passion or what I saw myself doing for even that long of a time. But it really did sharpen and refine my clinical skills in terms of eating disorders, which we still see so much of in college athletics, especially. Right. And so I think with that being said, right, um, what I want people to try and take away from, again, even that experience is no one's path is cut and dry, like you were saying, right? And so even if you find that you have to pivot, I find that so many people are afraid to do that because they're fearful of not being able to break back in. And I think my case is a perfect example of it is possible, right? And no matter what you're doing, you can use that to your advantage and really use whatever skill set that you're honing in on and apply it to sports nutrition, right? Like nothing is a lost cause or not worth your time. And so I think even if you're kind of, per se, like it's not your first choice or you might feel like your hands are tied, you can still take any experience and turn it into a good one and utilize that to your advantage.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of applicable skills if you work in athletics, if you were an athlete before that are going to carry over pretty much any job that you're probably going to take, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I, I can remember COVID very vividly. I, my, the place I was at, at the time, our hours got cut in half. I was lucky I didn't get furloughed. You know, we got mm-hmm. like for 20 hours a week instead of our full-time salary. And I have having to go work at college honks, like for the other half <laughs> of the day, because, I you had to pay the bills. Right? I got to pay like right. no one's stopping rent. No one's stopping your bills. No one's stopping you. Mm-hmm. Like you still have to eat. So it's like, you still have to find a way to be able to feed yourself and take care of the very minimum basics of life. So it's just like, that's, that's a sacrifice yeah. at that time. Like I had to do and, and it's COVID. Nobody, everyone's on a hiring mm-hmm. freeze. Nope. There's no jobs that are just coming out of thin air. I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars. So it's like, I got to stay put and figure out what, what is this going to look like over the next one to two years? hopefully my full time will come back and I won't Mm -hmm. have to do college homes, but this, this is the struggle we're going to have to deal with for now. And this is what's going to pay the bills. And hopefully there's, you know, a brighter future coming forward, which thankfully we're in somewhat of a regular situation right now, who knows what that'll go into this year, but it's always hard to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I guess even thinking too, like outside of like COVID times, right? Like I still find today, like some, some people are still having difficulty finding that next step after their internship, too, right? And you're still in the same predicament, right? Whether it's COVID or not, like, what is my next step, right? Does that mean I wait around for that next high-level sports nutrition job that you're looking for? Do I do another year of fellowship? Do I get out and come back in, right? Like, I still think there's there's still like those barriers in our field as well, right? When we think about like, okay, in theory, you're doing everything right, but when you finally get to the end you're still finding it hard to take that next step.
0: It's the unknown is very scary <laughs> from a mental <laughs> perspective. If you don't know where your mind is going to be coming from, if you don't know where your next job's going to be coming from, you know, you're on your end, you're trying as hard as you can applying for all these places and trying to get your name out there and just nothing's coming up. You're like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've, I've got to do something. I've got to do something yeah. right now. And then, you know, there's always the fear too. Like you said, a couple different times, you know, if I don't have this time be something in nutrition or sports nutrition or clinical or whatever it is, you know, am I going to have a hard time? Like, is, are people going to want to want me back in the field because I wasn't in sports nutrition? And like you said, like you've proved that it could be done at some places, at some levels, like it is probably going to be challenging because they're going mm-hmm. to question. They're always going to question. They're always going to ask, well, what yeah. happened during this time period? Well, why didn't you have a job during here? Well, why did you work qu- clinical instead of like come back into sports nutrition? And you just have to be confident and be able to say like, Hey, this is my situation. This is what I had to do. It's best for me or mm-hmm. best for my family. And, you know, I've always wanted to be in this field and that's why i like, am apply for your job for day, you know?
1: Yeah. And you hope people understand that from a human perspective. Right. And I haven't had too many issues with that piece of it. but again, it all just depends on who you're talking to, the different levels you're working at, right. Um, but I do think, again, talking about like some of like the barriers in our field, I, I do think that that piece of it, I think is huge, right? Like I think there's some multiple layers. Like I feel like myself, I was very privileged and fortunate to be able to take on a fellowship. right? Not everyone is able to do that. And I, I think there's this disconnect of like, yeah, these are the things that you're supposed to do, to break it into the field of the sports nutrition. Right. But again, not everyone, not that's not in the cards for everyone, right? Like not everyone has the financial ability or again, just the means to be able to go off and take again, a fellowship for a year or two while they just figure it out. Right. And so I think um, again, I, and part of this maybe is something that we can all do as the profession continues to grow. But I think just creating more opportunities for people to get more experience, right? Whether that is interning, volunteering, whatever the case may be, right? I think that piece of it still needs to be figured out even though we are growing, which is great, right? Um, but again, still some of those like hurdles that we encounter on um, again, every year as these times come around when we're looking for help and to hire new people.
0: Yeah, I just had on a staff from the NSCA. Um, he was on Monday, was is episode when he mm-hmm. aired. His name is Eric McMahon, but they're eventually shifting towards where I think it's 15 or 16 schools are going to be accredited schools. And like, you have to go to those colleges and that's how you're going to earn your CSCS. And while you're also in those courses, like you're going to be getting hands-on experience. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of schools that have nutrition, you know, some have sports nutrition, maybe in their master's or their PhD opportunities. I know dietetics is shifting where you're going to have to have your master's eventually, but you know if if you're at a school where there is sports nutrition you, you should probably jump on that right away like what kind of experience yeah. can i get what kind of questions can i ask again if you're a go-getter probably that that director or assistant director is going to see that and you might be able to move up you know pretty consistently while you're there or you, that might put you in a position where you have the opportunity to get a job if there is an opening after that point or if there's a fellowship opening after that point if you're in a place where you're at a school where they have diet dietetics nutrition but they don't have any a sports nutrition program then like we talked about earlier who are you reaching out to in the area is there a college mm-hmm. next to you is there a private dietitian can you reach out to someone virtually like how can you get your feet wet so that you can start learning and developing those skills because there's no textbook that's going to teach them to you like getting cool. out there and getting into the nitty-gritty and asking a lot of questions and not just making smoothies you know, Mm -hmm. asking the real questions, like, what is it like to do a budget? What is it like to do travel meals? What is it? what, What kind of communication do I have to have on a regular basis with the coaches, with the chief financial officer, like all those different things. Like no one really teaches you that until you get the exposure and you start asking the right questions at the right time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I also think a part of that responsibility too, is also on us who are in the field now right like I think again like we are opening up more opportunities and more creating more jobs for those who are just coming out of school Uh, but again I still think there is that barrier where we are looking again on the um, preferences right we're always preferring people who have experience right and then it's like are we then perpetuating that same cycle that we had to live through right because we're looking for all this experience when maybe that wasn't possible for some people. Right. But they would still make a great sports dietitian and be a great addition to the team. So I think on our end, right. Giving people a chance, even right now, we just hired on a new fellow here at VCU and she had zero experience in sports nutrition and she's been here now um, for a little bit and she's been awesome. Right. Like, and you just think about like going through this interview process and sitting down with, um candidates who have quote unquote experience, right? But again, they're they're not the the right fit for your team. So I think even part of this, too is us who are in the field, right? Taking the time and taking a chance on those who, again, may not have it all on paper, right, but mentoring, teaching, right? Taking that extra time to um, really give give to these kids who want to, come up in this field right because if we aren't taking that initiative or giving those opportunities right like how are we any better from again when there were less opportunities and when we had to struggle ourselves to kind of break into this again what can feel sometimes like a daunting field
0: yeah if you're someone that can communicate well give really good effort you're Mm -hmm. you're a gsd guy or girl and you know you're able to just always show up every day not on time, but ahead of time, just those basic skills mm-hmm. that, that I, I feel like a lot of times are, are missing in some cases or aren't, aren't taught as often mm-hmm. as they could be anymore. But if you have a lot of those really basic skills, then honestly, a lot of the other stuff is going to fall into place. And yeah, it's it, like I
1: can work with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going to be able to teach the rest of the stuff. You know, in, in that same kind of concept I have, if it's a fellow intern, GA position, whatever it is, I'm trying to teach them like everything that I do within my job. So, so I, I always try to set aside 30, 30 to 60 minutes a week with those individuals, no matter how busy my schedule is, because <clears throat> that person is an extension of me. Wherever they go to next, I want that next director. I want that next organization. I want the next staff. If they're coming from me as a branch of my our organization that I'm in or for, for wherever, I want them to be like, this person's impressive. Or this person came with a lot of skills and a lot of information and the ability to do all these different things. They, they're they not just handing out food or making smoothies. Like They know how to like run a budget. Like They know how to do the ordering. They know how to communicate with the staff. Like They, for the most part, know how to do all these things. And we just have to maybe polish up a couple of things because maybe now they're in the SEC, it's a higher level of stress. And then maybe there's specific details at where you were before that now we have to pay a lot more attention to because the name of the game is winning and getting championships and being at that top 10 top 25 every single Mm -hmm. year because as we know if you're not at the end of the day if we're not getting enough wins there's going to be staff changes if there's staff changes that puts you in a position where you may not be there anymore even though you may have been the best possible dietitian for that job and you made a a huge difference in everybody's lives if a whole new crew comes in and they have a a dietitian and strength staff and everybody that they want to bring in unfortunately, like that's the unfortunate consequences that can happen at some mm-hmm. of those different levels, but you know, they, they trust and they know those people. So that's why they continue to keep bringing them from place to place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that's interesting about um, us here at VCU, right? Like we're a much newer program, right? Um, I think there's been a couple people in this position before me, and I believe only one full time before myself. And Um, Kind of what you were saying there, I think what I really try to drive home to my team here is, again, building those connections, building that rapport, right? How could you make yourself irreplaceable, basically, right? And again, everyone can be, quote, unquote, replaced, right? But we can make it really difficult. And so (laughs) I think it's just (laughs) building those connections, right? Making it so that you're their go-to person, whether that's with the athletes, coaches, athletic trainers, strength coaches, right? Um, We talk about building relationships in our fields, but also, right, when you're on the job and talking about job security and again, figuring out how you make your program highly valuable.
0: Make it so valuable so that when, if you do are in a position where you end up leaving, when you do leave, they don't know what to do. Exactly. (laughs) You you did your job so well, that other individuals did not have to worry about you doing your job or your team did such a great job that when you leave, no one asked any questions about what you, like what was going on because you had a handle, then now you left. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Like that's a huge hole we're going to have to fill because this person like provided like the highest level standard and the highest level, whatever it was, like, we're going to have to find someone at that standard or higher, which Mm -hmm. when you get to a lot of those director positions, since our field is very young, some of those people are like a dime a dozen. Like you're not going to just find them in two seconds. (laughs) It's going to take a little bit of searching for it to happen.
1: Yeah. And again, that, yeah, I was going to say, just again, to that mutual benefit of like, again, job security, but also, again, just building those relationships so you can t- continue to expand upon your department, right? Again, the more resources you can have, the more people moving pieces you can have, the more you can do, the more you're showing your value and your worth, right? And I think that's where we kind of are, like, yes, everything we're doing now, we're doing it well, uh, we're doing it so that, again, uh, everyone gets what they need, right? But also thinking about that next step of how we, we can always make things better. And that's kind of what's fun about, again, working in a newer program, not necessarily Power 5, right? Um, Again, there's some drawbacks with that, but we also have the opportunity to do a lot because of that as well.
0: So maybe give us a couple quick differences, you know, Mm non-Power 5 versus Power 5. What's what's different in your role versus someone who works at an Alabama or a Clemson or something like that?
1: Yeah, and so again, right, worked at Miami for a little bit and then was able to come here and I will say one of the biggest differences that you're going to see right off the bat is just those budget and resources, right? Um, again, I think that's one of the key differences that you're going to have. And it's all about just finding what works with what you have, right? Um, and again, it's always pushing for more and wanting better for your department and your athlete. Athletes, but I think it's being really creative, right? Like we might not be able to have, we don't have a, um, a training table, right? That's something we're actually trying to get, which would be really awesome. I was actually, it was told this past year, but with the climate and everything um, financially, probably maybe next year too. We'll see. Um yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, again, that's the biggest difference, but I still think that we are able to provide every single like service that a dietitian can provide within our own means, right? So we definitely make that work. And I also see, and again, every place has a different um, demographic of athletes and um, it, it just a different culture. But I will say here coming into a non-Power 5 school, athletes are very grateful for all of the resources that they have available to them, which again, might not always be the case at the higher level. I think sometimes there is just that expectation of, oh, these things are just supposed to happen, right? Without a second thought. And so I think our athletes here are, and again, our staff are just so much appreciative of what we are able to offer, knowing that other schools, even our conference don't have this, right? We actually had a couple of kids transfer um, in conference to VCU and they're like, yeah, we didn't have any of this at our last school. I'm like, I know, <laughs> so I mean, again, I some downsides, but also some some positives there as well, which is really nice to see.
0: It, it definitely is is one a way for you to to keep your job because we have an edge, and mm-hmm. the athletes are providing that feedback, and they're saying this is helping. Mm-hmm. And you know, let's say you have several of your teams now by just having your staff on board, that's leading to some more wins or some more successes. Mm-hmm. Now you're able to tie yourself into that that whole entire organization, which. The more value dietitians can bring to their program and their organization, the more dietitians we can get to stick there and then hopefully keep yeah. building out and developing so we can have a full team for obviously the ratio of athletes a lot of times that we have to work with. You know, when I was at IMG, it was like 350 kids to so like just me, but there was also 1,200 mm-hmm. athletes at the same time. So <laughs> it's a lot of athletes to service nice. and, and to work with every day. It was tough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lisa, so no, what? I, oh, go God. ahead. go ahead. Oh no, no, I was gonna say, I think we have to finish up here anyway, right?
0: Yeah, we're winding down here. So fun finisher for you. Um, what is your favorite restaurant at VCU? Ooh, restaurant?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me think here. I have a couple, so I'm gonna say both because athletes also love them too. So um, one of the ones I really like is called Hibachi Box. They do a great job. It's like, oh yeah, super yummy, like noodles and protein. So you can get salmon, chicken, steak, veggies, a whole bunch of good stuff. Um, So really love that quick and easy. Another one that I really love, Roots. So that's more of a a local kind of place around Richmond. Uh, We actually do that a lot for uh, post-game meals, things like that, but it's more like a Power Bowl place. So they do an excellent job, lots of fresh ingredients and Richmond is a food town. If people do not know if you all ever need, want to take like a food tour somewhere, come to Richmond. There are so many great places and I could go on and on, but those are literally within less than five minutes walking distance from my office. So highlights of my day for sure. I
0: I tell my fiance all the time. If if I had to spend my money, it's going to be on food and experiences. Like I, I don't have to have a Rolls Royce or a 70 inch TV. Like if we're just having good times with good people, like, that's all we needed at the end of the day. Like, I could care less about all the other materialistic stuff.
1: Absolutely. It was like, if I have food in front of me, I'm a happy person.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Heather, terrific having you on. Um, if anyone wants to contact or communicate with her, we're going to have all of her information down in the show notes. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, I have my link tree with all my digital links on there as well. Um, my site, all my social media channels, um, and discounts on supplementation as well. Third-party tested NSF always want to promote that because we want to make sure athletes are getting the right thing at the right times. Uh, Again, Heather, really appreciate it and hope you have an awesome day.
1: Awesome. Thank you. You as well.